Hey, everyone. You're listening to On the House with Spartan, an ad-free podcast brought to you by a full-service turnkey company. I'm your host, Lindsay Davis, CEO and co-founder of Spartan Invest. On this show, we talk about all things real estate, from market patterns, industry insight, construction, property management, and other investment avenues. We hope you'll join as we dive into today's episode of On the House with Spartan. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of On the House with Spartan Invest. So if you've been tuning in, we've been talking about our different markets and we've spent one episode talking about the past and how that particular city or market became a city. And then we've spent the following episode talking about the current day market and what would necessarily make that a good turnkey. Today, we're talking about Tuscaloosa and its early days, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. It's south of Birmingham, and it is the home of the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. And so I'm going to spend today's episode talking about how Tuscaloosa became a city and a lot of its history. If you're not a history buff or don't care about how Tuscaloosa got started, then feel free to skip ahead because there's not a lot of real estate information on here. We just really thought that, well, I really thought that this would be interesting to learn a little bit more, learn history. Okie dokie. So Tuscaloosa, uh, now it was named after the 16th century Choctaw chief Tuscaloosa, aka Black Warrior. It was incorporated on December 13th, 1819, which is actually one day before Alabama became a state. In 1826, Tuscaloosa actually became the capital of Alabama, and it would remain the state's capital for a uh, capital city for 20 years until Montgomery became the permanent capital in 1846. Now, in 1831, the University of Alabama welcomed its inaugural class of 94 students. By 1840, Tuscaloosa was home to almost 2,000 residents. Now, we'll talk a, a little bit about the, the city's history with, with tornadoes. Unfortunately, it has a very rich history. And on March 4th, 1842, a severe tornado damaged western Tuscaloosa. Now, Newtown, Tuscaloosa's revival city to the west. And if you're familiar at all with the area, that's situated south of present-day Stillman Boulevard and Martin Luther King uh, Boulevard it was nearly completely destroyed. Despite the tornado and uh, despite losing the distinction of state capital, the city still grew by about 80% in the 1840s. And by 1850, Tuscaloosa was home to 4,000 residents. In 1852, under Governor Henry Collier, uh, the Alabama government passed an act to construct the Alabama Insane Hospital. And yes, it was actually called that. That was the title. It was later renamed Bryce Hospital. Now, prior to its closure in 1995, uh, Bryce was the largest inpatient psychiatric hospital in Alabama. Now, the University of Alabama now owns uh, this property and is currently in a reconstruction of $83 million Randall Welcome Center. And that's in progress as we speak. During the Civil War, the University of Alabama actually became a military training camp. And as a result of this, it was attacked by 1,500 of Union 
General John T. Croxton's men, which were known Croxton's Raiders, on April 4th, 1865. They actually burned down most of the university buildings, including foundries, factories, warehouses, and bridges, and they only left four structures untouched. Between 1860 and 1870, Tuscaloosa lost more than half of its population, about 57%. And the 1870 census counted uh, only a mere 1,600 residents. The city would not exceed its 1860 population until 1890. Now, during the post-war Reconstruction era, the Alabama and Chattanooga Railroad, a.k.a the Alabama Great Southern Railroad, connected Tuscaloosa to Meridian and Chattanooga in 1871. The first national bank also became uh, began its operations that, that same year. In 1880, Tuscaloosa elected a new mayor, uh, William Carlos, who led the city through an era of rapid development. The mayor introduced a grading system in public schools and greatly improved the city's infrastructure. And by 1890, Tuscaloosa had doubled its population to about 4,200 residents. The completion of a series of dams and locks on the Black Warrior River in 1896 linked Tuscaloosa to the, uh, to the Gulf seaport of Mobile, and that also helped to stimulate the city's industrial growth. Mobile and Ohio Railroad connected Tuscaloosa to Columbus and Montgomery in 1898, and that also allowed the city to exploit and transport out the region's coal and iron. Tuscaloosa in the 20th century. And during the 20th century, Tuscaloosa's economy, it was predominantly agricultural with cotton, wheat, corn, oats, as same as many areas in the South. The arrival of hydroelectric power later spawned manufacturing businesses like sawmills and ironworks. As the Louisville and Nashville railroads, they rolled in around 1912, it allowed for larger businesses to begin operations in Tuscaloosa, all on the eve of the Great Depression. Now, service-oriented businesses also started to appear. The Druid City Hospital, which was renamed DCH Regional Medical Center, it opened in 1923. It's still there today, and it currently employs about 3,300 people and ranks as Tuscaloosa's third largest employer. The University of Alabama was a pretty significant focal point for the civil rights movement in the 1950s and 60s. Authoring Lucy became the first African-American student to be admitted to the school. However, the university students uh, opposing desegregation rioted leading to Lucy's expulsion. Uh, Lucy later completed her master's in education and graduated in 1992. In 1963, then Governor George Wallace's infamous stand in the schoolhouse door took place where he attempted to block two African-American students, Vivian Malone and James Hood, from entering the university's uh, Foster Auditorium. Then on June 9th, 1964, local police and the Ku Klux Klan members violently suppressed a protest against segregation led by Reverend uh, T.Y. Rogers at the Tuscaloosa County Courthouse in an event known now as Bloody Tuesday. Today in the plaza, 
the plaza in front of the Foster Auditorium is named Malone Hood Plaza in honor of Vivian Malone and James Hood. And the university's Lucy Clock Tower built in 2010, likewise honors authoring Lucy. Now, in the latter part of the 20th century, Tuscaloosa became home to several large employers, including JVC America, Newcore Steel, Pico Foods, and Coral Industries. In 1993, Mercedes-Benz selected Tuscaloosa for a 1.2 million square foot uh, automobile factory. The first vehicle rolled off the assembly lines in 1997. Now today, the factory expands 6 million square feet, five times its initial size, and supports approximately 4,500 jobs. Now, since 1993, the car maker has invested over $6 billion in Tuscaloosa. The city's education sector also expanded during this time. Shelton State Community College, which was established in 1979, now enrolls over 4,000 students. And meanwhile, the University of Alabama now enrolls uh, nearly 40,000 students and employs 7,000 faculty and staff. Some famous people that graduated from the University of Alabama that you may be aware of, uh, Harper Lee, who is the author of To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, Celia Ward, who is a famous actress, also Joe Namath, a famous football player, and he starred in numerous television shows. Fun fact, I actually got to graduate with Joe Namath. Yes, he's a lot older than me. I'm not that old, but he came back and graduated and walked the same day that I did. And of course, the most famous important person in Tuscaloosa would be, of course, University of Alabama's head coach, Nick Saban, Roll Tide. I'm sure you guys need no further commentary. (laughs) All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed uh, learning some of Tuscaloosa's past and how it became a city. And then in our next Tuscaloosa episode, we're going to talk about its economy, job, force, um, growth, everything like that, and why it makes such a great uh, turnkey market. Thanks for tuning in. And that's another episode of On the House. Thank you guys for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. If you want to learn more, check us out online at SpartanInvest.com. Until next time, this is On the House with Spartan.